laurels for spring. Groundbreaking. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Voltaire, hair. I would personally like to learn about Voltaire. Okay, Christine. Ladybird. Is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quote? Well, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Okay. Take it away, Ladybird. You want to know how I got these scars? I. I quit. I quit. <laughs> Everybody wants to party with Aretha because I'm sexy and chubby, man. I have s such doubts. <laughs> All right, movie time episode 61 with Ange and Ari. We've got uh, Sixth Sense today. This was, ugh, I, I like this movie a lot. I haven't, I have watched a lot when I was younger, I think, but I, it's been a long time since I watched it. So excited to talk about that. Um, what did we do last week? Oh, Spider Man, the original. <laughs> Sleep. Back to formula. Back to formula. Sleep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep. Sleep. That movie is so yeah. That movie was good. Um, all right. So yeah, let's let's get into what we're watching. Yeah. So I'm continuing on the Project Runway sort of binge. I skipped up uh, season two and I went to uh, season three because that's really where my Project Runway love started. Was with uh, you know the season with Jeffrey Sabalia. If anyone ever watched that, just more. It's just more interesting, like seeing how much misogyny was more openly displayed in like the early two thousands. Like uh, that's pretty obvious, but like there's so many designers who like male designers who just call the women fem Nazis. I'm like, feminazis. They're like, <laughs> you know what she is a feminazi because she like disagrees <laughs> with something. Like they literally just like don't let the women do anything. Um, but it's such a compelling show, and like the way they treat the models, like they're literally just like stupid and like not sentient. They're like, <laughs> they like hate when the models get any say in anything. But it's it's just such a good show. So now I'm on season five uh, with Ken Lee. If anyone ever watched that, the most annoying fucking person on the planet. Uh, then I finished up The Handmaid's Tale, which had the season finale. For all that the shit that the past two seasons has been, the final episode was really good. Uh, they're making. I think uh, season five is going to be the last season, so that's that'll be the next season. And they they obtained Hulu obtained rights to like the Testaments, which is another Margaret Atwood book in like the same universe. Um, but yeah, season five. Also, you know who's in The Handmaid's Tale? Who? Not Rafe Fiennes, but the oh, brother. Oh, the brother. Yeah, Fiennes. who's actually another excellent actor yeah. plays a really good villain. <clears throat> Uh, then Cruel Summer, that show wrapped up. Uh, really good season finale. It's it's just. I don't know if you like a dumb thriller sort of drama TV show that's not too serious. Watch that. It was a great uh, season finale, and they they renewed that for season two as well. So, uh, all right. I watched the Wrestler uh, last night. It's two thousand eight, two thousand nine film. Darren Aronofsky, Aronofsky uh, Mickey Rourke, Marissa Tomei. It was nominated Rourke. for Best Picture, um, and I think uh, Mickey was was nominated. I I, uh, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was good. Um, you know, sad, there's some sad moments. Uh, I don't know if our, you would like it, but... Is it anything um, like Black Swan? No, not really. There's There are a couple parts that are almost like a little like a little bit... What do, what do you call it? Like Parallel? No, like graphic um, okay. in terms like of like... Yeah, horror? yeah, a little bit. It's not it's not too bad. Um, but, it, you know, an interesting story. And uh, this was kind of like Mickey Rourke's like comeback movie, kind of, this, this movie. I remember he, he kind of came back to Hollywood... Uh, for this, and uh, I think Marissa Tomei was nominated as well. I thought she was fine. I just didn't think she had like a an Oscar uh, nominated performance. Um, but yeah, there's some sad moments, some some good moments. I like the end a lot, uh, so I, I, I recommend it. It's on uh, Prime. I'm so. conflating that with what's the fucking Christian Bale one? Oh, the, uh, the fighter, fighter, yeah, whatever. That's with Mark Wahlberg. Um, I do love that movie, but uh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> uh, I watched Lupin. I think it's Lupin. Lupin. I don't know. It's French. Season one, uh, really good. I, everyone was talking about how good it was, so I wasn't shocked or anything. Uh, I watched season one last week. I wanted to pace myself, so I haven't started season two. Um, there, I guess so. Like for French culture, um, this the uh, story of Arsene Lupin. Uh, the gentleman burglar is pretty like uh, timeless, so um, this has like a different take on it, uh, some with some racial undertones that they talk about, and 
so far, very enjoyable. I'd recommend it. It's on Netflix. Uh, Loki episode two, still good. Um, nothing really to say there. I've watched The Terminal. Um, oh, the Tom Hanks. The Tom Hanks. Now, this movie is has one of the most absurd stories uh, plots. The fact that this man gets stuck in an airport for almost a year. When was this made, though? 2004, you know? I think. So I, lo- I feel like there was a huge influx of post-9-11 <laughs> like airport, airport and, and, and airplane yeah. movies. Yeah, and Catherine Zeta, like, somehow he... Well, he kind of gets Catherine Zeta, kind of not really. And, uh, I mean, it... <laughs> It's a it's a Spielberg film, second of all, which that is a anyway. But if you want, it's long too. It's like two hours and fifteen minutes. I I, I mean, I watched it over like three or four days. It's just it's like an it's an easy watch. Why would you even extend that? And Tucci too. Tucci. Why there. would you extend that over four days? It's a movie. I just couldn't fit. I, I well, why would started you even it. Finish it though. Because I like a little heartwarming. You know, there's a couple heartwarming parts, and <laughs> I like that. So, and I love Tom Hanks. So. Anyways, yeah, don't really watch it, though. Uh, okay, movie news. Cynthia Erivo to produce and star in The Rose remake for Searchlight via Variety. The Grammy, Tony, and Emmy winner and two-time Oscar nominee, she's almost close to that EGOT, uh, will take on the title role in the musical Romantic Drama, which follows a self-destructive female rock star who struggles to deal with the constant pressures of her career and the demands of those who surround her. But while the new production will pay homage to the classic film, uh, Arivo's take on the story is said to put a contemporary lens on the high price of fame. Uh, okay. I don't... Have you heard of this original movie? No, but it kind of reminds me of A Star is Born. Kinda. Yeah. I I mean, I'd watch it just to hear her sing because she's got such an incredible voice. Uh, but the the end is what I don't like. This is where, this is where there's some possibility. Arivo's take on the story is said to put a contemporary lens on the high price of fame. Why? I just imagine them using like a lot of Twitter references and Instagram stories. Contemporary doesn't just mean it's... And I would hate no, that. No, I doubt that they're going to do... Well, maybe. They might do Twitter stuff. I don't know. There's ways to do that that aren't bad. Cheesy. I, uh, I May Destroy You, there was a ton of, um, like, Twitter things. It was a lot about social media and sort of, like... The- yeah, I don't hate it, but I just... Sometimes it's... A lot of times it's very poorly done where it's, like, cringy when they're talking well, about it. Like, he just posted a hashtag talking about how terrible like my Grammy performance like, was. Uh, not Facebook. It'll be like, yeah. it's Framebook. It'll, it'll be like, <laughs> yeah. he just posted a selfie on yeah. Framebook. SVU will always take whatever the newest what technology is. Yeah, they is, do like basically social Chris media. Brown React. Like they do like the exact same thing, <laughs> so they slightly change it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are you interested in this? Yeah. I kind of want to research the original, though. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's extremely talented, and her voice is fucking insane. So if she's like... If there's like almost similar to a Star is Born where she's got a lot of songs in it, that w- I would still probably listen to it, even though the movie, even, even if the movie's not that good. So, um, Beauty and the Beast prequel series starring Josh Gad and uh, Luke, uh, Luke something, what's his Evans? name? Evans. Uh, officially, he's been greenlit. Uh, I don't care about this, but Josh Gad is openly, or at least the, the Gaston, uh, what's his name? Uh, Shit, what's the the what's God Josh Gad's character's know. name? Anywho, he's like uh he's gay, I think. I think he's in like the character. Um so maybe that'll be interesting. I don't know. I, I don't really care. You like Luke Evans though. LeFou. Well, I like him in I mean he's okay in the Hobbit. Like uh <laughs> he's gay in real life. Luke Evans? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, um yeah, I'm almost positive he's gay. Um <laughs> But I mean, During okay. So I my initial instinct is to say like this is stupid. Um, yeah. But I do think like if there is openly gay characters for Disney and for children watching that, that's cool. Like I mean, they need to see people who are like like kids need to see people like them on t- on TV and stuff and movies. But I don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna probably watch this. I mean the. Be- <laughs> the beast we kind of like it we kind of <laughs> some like of the it. songs are yeah. bops <laughs> yeah we we kind of like it but uh, i mean emma what's her face emma watson Emma's, stinks yeah emma watson she is a Emma's. big stinky poop head. <laughs> someone i'll never forget someone who said like her singing was like hitting keys on a casio yeah keyboard. she it was very auto-tuned <laughs> yeah. like so it was so uh noticeable how bad uh she must have been in the booth because they really fucking turn that uh, it's not even like bad it's just so plain like her voice is just so plain yeah yeah it's very plain there's no frills to it you could have picked anybody else 
Um, but she was riding off the high. Well, what was that 2017? It's like, what was she doing that people were obsessed with fucking Emma Watson? I, mean, I think time? they literally just because she looks like Belle. You could have found Easily. somebody else. You could have found somebody else. Anne Hathaway, she can sing. Mm, put her in there. She was too. Old, yeah, though. she was probably unfortunately. Too old. Yeah. She's not old. They, she reads. It's for, too old for yeah Belle. for uh, that movie. Um, Zoe Kravitz will direct Pussy Island, thriller starring Channing Tatum. Uh, here's a little synopsis. Frida is a young, clever Los Angeles cocktail waitress who has her eyes set on the prize. Philanthropist and tech modal, mogul Slater King, played by Channing Tatum, when she skillfully maneuvers her way into King's inner circle and ultimately an intimate gathering on his private island. She's ready for a journey of a lifetime. Despite the epic setting, beautiful people, ever-flowing champagne, and late-night dance parties, Frida can sense that there's more to this island than meets the eye. Something she can't quite put her finger on. Something terrifying. No. I just say um, no to that. Maybe. I find like Zoe Kravitz a really compelling actress. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've always liked her in anything that she's in. I just think she's just is I she the know. daughter or is she the the mother? She's the daughter of <laughs> of uh, no uh, yeah. Who's her mother? Uh, uh, what's her name? She's dating Jason. She's yeah, dating Jason they Momoa. look they look like basically the same age. Um, yeah, what the hell's her name? Yeah, what's her Lisa name? Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet. Yes. Lisa um, Bonet. Oh, God, a beautiful family. Yeah. Really. But yeah, they do look a lot alike. But um, it's really interesting to see like Channing Tatum get cast in like these 2010. It's like very 2010. Like they're <laughs> not Tatum, really doing I'm ready for Channing for Tatum to get back for a comeback though. This I'm is on. this is basically the story of Grimes and Elon Musk. <laughs> like she's hip and cool, and then she marries the one of the world's richest people. Um, uh, I don't know. I'd I'd see the trailer at least. Did you see Fox Foxcatcher? Yes. With, was it not good? I'd have to watch it again. It probably wouldn't be a movie that I would. It's like good. It's a good movie. It's kind of. What's long. that vine? <laughs> the, I can make you a champion, champion but first, first you gotta, gotta suck my nose. <laughs> yeah, Gabe, Gabe Gundactor on Vine. Gabriel Gundactor. Yeah, he did a hilarious uh, like parody on that because like Steve Carell's a fake nose in that, right? I think he does. Yeah. I thought um, that got that got some critical. I acclaim. saw that in theaters though. It was on a really. It was I think it was on a date, so it was really awkward. So that was That's a weird kind way to of. Watch um, it I know it was a bad movie and you know what another movie i just remembered that i also saw on a kind of bad date was uh what's the jake gyllenhaal where he's a boxer oh uh, South Park. yeah i'll also say that that's a, a bad <laughs> that's jake gyllenhaal movie, movie South Park. i saw that i can't remember who it was with i saw that too in theaters but i cannot remember oh, who God. it was with if you're offended that i don't remember if you're listening sorry i doubt like someone but yeah, no it's some it's somebody ago. like i'm currently friends with I, I just can't remember who it was uh yeah that didn't like that movie either um Southpaw. <laughs> okay, uh the team this made the this made Twitter uh lit tit Twitter on fire this week. The team behind the new uh Harley Quinn animated series was asked from the up from from the upcoming third season depicting uh to remove a scene from the upcoming third season depicting Batman giving Catwoman oral sex. So Batman doesn't eat pussy. And wait, what? Yeah. Is that part of the lore? Well, no. So then Zack Snyder posted like a drawing of Batman giving <laughs> really good. Thing. Zack Snyder is the director of uh, Justice League and just said canon. Was just the What's matter. the... What is it? Is the animated series explicit? I don't think so. I don't know, though. Like, who knows how, like... Uh graphic it would have been but i mean who fucking cares man <laughs> run home to your mommy heroes get don't... thee to the nunnery <laughs> heroes don't do that i mean uh, why such a stupid clickbaity headline sorry yeah well i thought it was funny um nick cage hunts for his kidnapped truffle pig in first look at the crime thriller pig we both watched the trailer what did you think of this trailer okay. Even though the content of the movie seems really stupid, the trailer was actually really good. <laughs> Didn't the cinematography look really good? And I kind of think it was more about like him as a, he's sort of isolated from society. I, it I'm going to watch this. I think this, I want to watch it, though. This could be good. Like, I think. I mean, even when the Nick Cage movie's bad, it's still good in its own way. So, like, there's nothing. It's a, it's, it's a win-win. Like, you either get an actually good movie or you get a movie that's good because it's so bad so i mean it definitely had really good cinematography obviously a lot of people are saying john wick but with the pig yeah uh (laughs) it also reminds me of stardew valley where it's a farm game you can have a little truffle pig and they like literally get truffles for you i would be sad if someone took my pig pig is cute um i mean i don't know i thought even like some of the dialogue i didn't think was bad no it was pretty good (laughs) no i was gonna say i i'm i'm excited for that 
Um, Jennifer Lopez starring in sci-fi thriller Atlas for Netflix. Atlas unfolds in a bleak-sounding future where an AI soldier has determined the only way to end war is to end humanity. Obviously, this extremist approach to achieving a pacifist paradise doesn't go down so well with Lopez, who finds herself teaming up with, as the official logline puts it, the one thing she fears most, another AI. Um, So is she an AI? Uh, yeah, an AI soldier. So she's an AI as well. Yeah, I guess. Um, or is she... I don't know. I don't care about this. Another. I, I'm a sucker for AI, like no, or for like sci-fi thrillers, though. I, okay, another thing that to me that's like on the same level of COVID is that I never want to watch AI movies. No, yeah, it's creepy. I think they're creepy, and it's also just like you can like, look around and look look at those fucking dogs from Boston that are <laughs> Boston like, Dynamics, the ones that do the flips in the car. <laughs> if you want to see horror, just watch YouTube yeah. videos of that. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, like I'm never. There's really not no, going to be many times creepy. where I think J Lo is a good actress. I'm no, sorry, J Lo. Except for enough, but uh, and also, oh well, also made the news this week a full on PDA makeout between Ben and J Lo. I know, but there that stuff is being so perfectly caught in the press that they have to be. You don't think it's real? Mm, I don't know. It's real. Yeah, it can be real, but also still played up for the cameras. Maybe, maybe. I don't see. I don't see. They're famous enough on their own that they don't. Ben Affleck was not. Did not have a great image before this. He was famous though. He was famous, but he was a sad, pathetic sap, and now people are. He's got a little pep in his step, and people want. People are hungry for Ben Affleck again. I'm hungry for Ben. I can see him in something. Um. Successions, Nicholas Braun, Coda's M- uh, Amelia Jones to star in Cat Person from Studio Canal uh, Imperative. Uh, so European film TV group Studio Canal is teaming with Imperative Entertainment to make psychological thriller Cat Person based on the short story by Kristen Rupenian, which it was which was published by The New Yorker in 2017 and went on to become its most downloaded fiction that year. Uh, it'll be directed by Susanna Fogel, who... Worked on The Flight Attendant in the Wilds, and Michelle Afford, Ashford, Masters of Sex, The Pacific, will also work on... Oh, The Pacific from HBO? Me. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I like Nicholas about, Braun a lot. Well, this really interested me because I read the story when it came out, and it, it was a really huge... Like, a lot of people were talking about it. Um, I worry, though, because The Flight Attendant was a thriller show, but it was very camp like not even campy but just over the top and like this this story i thought it was really nuanced and i think it it was extremely thought-provoking so i'm interested in the in the story as a movie but i'm also worried about it or maybe it's a tv show honestly yeah and no, i think it, oh yeah maybe maybe it's because a, these a TV are all show. yeah tv show um but yeah so basically it's kind of like a story about um, I guess like miscommunication and, and sexual experience and sort of like a really uns, kind of a very unsettling way. But yeah, it, it was, uh, I, I might want to read that again. I'd highly recommend uh, you guys read it if you haven't read it, but I'm really curious about how this is going to turn out visually. I mean, I only, I only know Nicholas Braun in like succession and like him being a funny character. So um, yeah, I don't know. I well, mean, I, I'm not, who's, who's, who is Amelia Jones? I don't know. I've never heard of her, but to, her to build up. a whole, series off of this that kind of worries me it's like i don't know i could see more of a movie than a series amelia jones she has been in nothing i've seen the perspective of the wait pirates of the caribbean 2011 um the the one with penelope cruz no (laughs) yeah she hasn't really been in anything i would have seen except for bad movies that masters of sex show is supposed to be pretty good i think wasn't it about like the kinsey who was it masters of sex um what is that? It was an HBO one? I don't know if it was HBO. Nice. It might have been FX. American drama series. Do, do, do. A lot of people I don't know in that, too. I've been too. meaning to watch that, though. It's, uh, what is it? American, yeah, it's just Showtime. It was developed by, yeah. Set in the 1950s to the late About 1960s, the series no? tells the story of Masters and Johnson, Dr. William Masters and Virginia Johnson, who are portrayed by Michael Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan. Um, yeah, it was apparently a good show. Yeah, but it's Explores based on like real between life, those two. yeah, sexuality studies yeah, and stuff. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. I thought that's kind of yeah, it could be good. Um, all right, that's it for movie news. There wasn't a ton of like juicy oh, stuff. The one thing I did see trending on Twitter is like people are asking for an Ar- Aragorn remake or whatever. Oh, an Aragorn. I love those books. You mean 
Oh, oh, uh, Ara- is it Aragon? I have no. I don't idea. know. It's <laughs> I've I've read all the, I read all the books and I like them because they're just you know they're fantasy and whatever. Uh, but that first movie, man. Ooh. Well, they only made one. I don't it was even remember. Very it. bad. Um, yeah, I mean they could do a lot of better stuff, like in terms of CGI and storytelling. Now that it's you know, it's so much more advanced. So maybe I'm all, maybe I'll read those books again. Because um, <laughs> no. I'm a child. Uh, but yeah, that, that could be interesting. Um, all right. So let's get into Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense is a 1999 American supernatural psychological thriller film written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, it stars Bruce Willis as a child psychologist who, uh, whose patient Haley Joel Osment can talk to the dead. The film established Shyamalan and introduced the cinema public to his traits, most notably his affinity for surprise endings, otherwise known as the Shyamalanian twist. Shyamalanian twist. We'll talk about his uh, his career at the end of this movie. I have a, his filmography uh, listed, I have so thoughts. we'll talk about that. Uh, all right. So the intro scene. Um, Malcolm's wife uh, grabs a bottle of wine from the basement, notably chili in the basement, uh, while they share dinner together uh, and celebrate an award for Bruce. They go upstairs to have coitus. Um, One of Bruce's old patients breaks into their home. He's in the bathroom. He's upset with Malcolm for not, like, correcting his problem when he he was his patient. And then he uh, shoots Malcolm and then kills himself. Uh this was a, another long opening credit scene. Yeah, that was a two two thousands thing. Yes, early 2000s. Uh, a couple things. Did not remember Tony Collette was in this until Neither I started I. watching it. Oh my god, I love Tony. Donnie Wahlberg was listed. Who was he? He in was this? the patient. He was Vincent. Yeah. Apparently, they talked about how he like lost Whoa. forty pounds for it, and he was really committed to that scene or something. I like Donnie Wahlberg actually. Like he's in the stuff I've seen him in. He does. He gives the Wahlbergs a Did he better name. Someone in the face? No, I don't no. think so. <laughs> He was in um, Band of Brothers too. He was really good in that. But I did not know. I have to look at that guy's face again. Uh, he did a great job uh, for the scene he was in. Uh, let's see. And I just thought, I, as the credits were going, I just thought that Shyamalan is a great director name. Just M. Night Shyamalan is really good. What does the M stand for? I don't know. Oh. I've never looked at um, it. Do we stand old Bruce Willis? Okay. First of all, do you know who the woman is? Uh, well, it's Olivia. Did you recognize her though? Is she in uh, the Father? Yeah, she plays. Which she is plays like interesting the fake one. Her name's Olivia, Olivia too. Yeah. yeah, the fake daughter. The nurse. Yeah. Oh, the the nurse. She's yeah. She's got a really like distinct face. Like her eyes are very twinkly. I don't know how to explain. Yeah, it. she's hot. Um, so old Bruce Willis, kind of hot, right? I think. Yeah, I used to really like early era Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Like I liked. He's a good actor, and you kind of forget yeah. that. Like he, he was really good in this movie, and mm-hmm. he was hot. Yeah, he was looking good. Mm-hmm. Poor hairline, but he's got a good comb over thing going. Doesn't on Doesn't bother in this. me. I, I like he's the. Nice I like the he's got some like hairline. piercing eyes too. Um, nice, nice ass house. Uh, I thought the scene between uh, with like the uh, patient was very. I mean, the guy was very, very good. Or Donnie Wahlberg was very good at playing like unhinged, like being like almost think he's going to settle down and then going right off uh, the deep end again. So. I do have to say, and maybe we could talk about this after, I don't love M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan's uh, mixture of like mental health as horror. He does yeah, this in a few he movies. Does. He has like a fascination <laughs> a with, lot of movies. with mental illness mm-hmm. <laughs> represented yeah. as horror or yeah. something. So. Yeah, um, and the dirty underwear on Donnie Wahlberg, gross. Um, okay, so after the gunshot, uh, we, we don't basically just see like Bruce Wells getting shot and, and then it cuts. Uh, a year goes by. It's like the next fall. Malcolm meets with Cole, played by Haley Joel Osment, um, who's a new a new prospective patient. Uh, he notices Cole has some scratches on him. Uh, they decide to meet again, and we kind of see that he has a affinity for church or artifacts. They meet. They they talk, they talk at a church. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. I don't like child actors a lot, but this is like one of the best child actor performance i have to I say his ever. acting like literally blew me away it's amazing the, his maturity with mm-hmm. the role it was really i mean this was i was like literally blown away by his acting. he has he had chemistry with every person he was on like bruce and tony they had he had amazing chemistry with with all of them uh and he the way he, yeah like the way he handles some of these fucking scenes is incredible um so if he's if if well, should I just like talk about the twist? Well, now? We all know the big twist okay. of the Shyamalani. If movie. Malcolm's dead, how does he have Cole's info? 
or does he seek him out naturally because he's somebody who he can help him or something? I think like you kind of have to fill in the gap. This stuff. is kind of what I was thinking There's about a couple things, because they don't know their Cole's like they see what they want to see. So yeah. apparently he was drawn to Cole because Cole's yeah. spo- supposed to help dead people. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't know it yet. But he, yeah, you kind of have to like, yeah. I mean, for, for me watching the movie, it was when he, every time he's in a scene with the wife and yeah. like she's not talking, yeah. I'm like, I just, it's really, I'm like, okay, did they, did, when this was in theaters and no one knew the twist, like, did you? I think you could, like, I was trying to watch it from that lens. And I think, I was thinking that, like, I feel like this probably fooled a shit ton of people. And I, because it wasn't that, um, like, there was see, something like the scene when he was sitting in, like, the living room with Tony, mm-hmm. but when he's, when he's meeting, or Lynn is her name in the movie, when he's meet, uh, meeting Cole again in his house, like, it was a very short scene. So, like, you're not, you don't think that uh, she's not acknowledging him or anything, but but I don't know. I thought they did a good. He did a good job with it. But what was I? Oh, there's another thing I want to say. I totally forgot that Haley Joel Osment voices Sora. Mm-hmm. Sora in Kingdom Hearts. Yep. You'll Great never game. take Kyrie's heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So Malcolm comes home to his wife asleep. He tries getting into his office. It's locked. He has no key. Um, he then starts researching up on Cole's uh, Latin phrase that he told him, which was. Uh, which said, out of the depths, I cry to thee, O Lord. Um, he were then introduced to Cole's mom, uh, Cole, and, uh, Cole and Tony. Like, we cut to a scene of Cole and Tony where she's get, she goes in the other room to, like, put clothes in the washer or something, and she comes back, and all the drawers are open and the cupboards. And obviously, she's freaked out. Um, and then we're introduced to Cole's bully that pretends to be his friend, this fucking piece of shit. Tony was smoking in this movie. she looked really good apparently she i was just reading like a 20th anniversary um reflection on the sixth sense and i'll talk about that a little more at the end but apparently her head was shaved for some reason so she was wearing oh a wig. she's wearing a wig she's yeah. freaking she looks really she doesn't really honestly good. wear a lot of makeup i mm-hmm. feel like in most of the roles i see her in so it was interesting yeah. to see her like sort of with that like gaudy kind of mm-hmm. look yes so then uh cole mom and malcolm is, is the next kind of scene so cole comes home you see Malcolm sitting in the living room with Tony, uh, Lynn, his mother. Cole is still standoffish. Uh, Malcolm plays this game, basically like he says, I can read your mind. If I say something that you're thinking, you take a step towards the seat and sit down with me. If I say something you're not, you, you take a step back. Um, and he starts to, Malcolm starts to like fail to read his mind or whatever. And then Cole tells a story about how he drew a picture of somebody being stabbed with a screwdriver in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't believe that Malcolm can help him with his uh, with his issues. He also is like a very cute kid. I know. <laughs> He's uh, also in Forrest Gump. I think um, right, yeah, there's a few things I want to say. Well, there's interest. There's some interesting like camera work in this, like in the beginning scene where there's a lot of good camera Bruce work. Bruce Willis and the wife they're looking at the reflection. frame. Then the scene of like Philadelphia, or I think they're in Philadelphia, where like there's very perfect symmetry of like the the apartments that Cole's oh. living in. They oh, show yeah. like an overhead shot. And you notice they never show him walking in from the front door, I don't think. They always show the front door, but they don't show Bruce trying to get... Like, how does he get in? Does he phase through the door? <laughs> does yeah, she leave the I don't door know. Maybe he just <laughs> imagines himself. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there was maybe one other... Oh, I, the, for, I don't know if this was purposeful, but in the scene where uh Cole like he, all the drawers are open the camera was like really shaky and I don't know if that was, oh, was on it? purpose mm, but I, I don't know I think I don't know I like that scene a lot it's just like the it's so this movie's so sad because the kid is only mm. nine years old and he's literally so concerned that his mother is yeah. going to think he's weird. Like mm. his he just is so terrified all the time. But he's he, supposed like, to be nine in this. Yeah, oh. he like protects his mom from like I don't know. He just he's so protective of her. Right. Yes. Um. So Malcolm meets his wife for dinner. He's late, and basically the whole time she's unresponsive. Like she'd finish the dinner. Um, it's, uh, it's their anniversary. Uh, he tells Anna about his interactions with Cole. Again, she's unresponsive and then she leaves without him. Well, this is probably, this scene was probably the most like, yeah, Yeah. where it was not obvious, but you're like, Oh, knowing the twist, like this really looks kind of shitty, but I was going to say, I mean, I guess since he's a dead doctor, it doesn't really matter, but he does not understand doctor-patient confidentiality yeah, at all. He's just no. loudly talking about his patients <laughs> at dinner, and like, there's multiple times where he's doing things where he's breaking the law, like ethical oh, yeah. laws. <laughs> this, this, is an, uh, this is a different case. And I, I like how he's reading up on rudimentary facts about children's psychology in the one scene. It's like, 
and child might be anxious and lie about and they might self-harm it's like Mm. i think after getting your phd you probably know that like i don't know um so cole and malcolm they start getting to know each other cole thinks he you know he's a freak uh cole's mom notices some abnormalities in photos of cole so she's like cleaning and then she sees there's like this white ring of light kind of like the classic like ghost and ghost in a photo thing where it kind of distorts the photo and then she discovers these disturbing writings in Cole's room, basically just like talking about like killing and mm-hmm. shit. And then uh, Cole tells Bruce he doesn't want to be scared anymore. Um, there's also a part here where Bruce has like his narrating stuff. He's got like, a great narration vo- voice. Um, and the headphones that Tony is using in yeah. that scene are a fucking throwback. The dog though. is so cute. He, for a second, I thought the dog was dead because it seemed like they didn't acknowledge him that much in the beginning of the movie. And then there's like scenes where they yeah. do. But I was like, is this dog alive too? Um, so Malcolm com- is, is in his basement. So he's been working in the basement because he can't get into the office because he has no keys. Um, Malcolm overhears a man coming over and hitting on Anna. It's her. Somebody who works at the shop she owns or works at. Uh, and she kind of turns him away. Uh, then we're at Cole at school. So... Cole speaks out of turn when discussing the school history. Basically, he's like, oh, yeah, they used to hang people here. He knows everything about everything, you know, everything because of the, the he sees the dead people. So he's like, oh, yeah, they used to hang people. And like, so then the teacher starts to look at him the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And then Cole brings up his past speech and Ted, stuttering Stanley, stuttering Stanley. What is he <laughs> looking at him like? Like maybe just, he just like I think people commonly because he knows all of these weird facts, they probably just look at him yeah. weird. And. Also, this is a rough scene. I'm sorry. It's not hard to believe that back in the olden days they used yeah, to hang people. I know. The guy's like, no. It's like, yeah, they literally used to yeah. hang people at the courthouse. Or maybe he like knew he just didn't want like, like the kids to like stuttering Stanley. Yeah, and then the kid, kid, the <laughs> de- the teacher starts to stutter and he goes, "Shut up, you freak." Um, poor Cole. Poor stuttering Stanley. Maybe don't share that with the class, Cole. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, Cole and Malcolm. So Malcolm comes to talk to Cole uh, after his outburst. See, this is a scene where I, it was realistic that he would just be alone. They would be alone together because, like, you know, like I didn't see that one as obvious that Malcolm was dead. You know no. what I, mean? I mean, I think they do clever cutting in this mm-hmm. cutting between scenes in this movie. Yeah, because you like you don't see Bruce Wells ever traveling. It's just he's there. <laughs> yeah, the, the next scene. Mm-hmm. So then Malcolm comes home to his wedding tape on the TV. Uh, Anna's in the shower, his wife, and she's take, he see, notices he's uh, taking Zoloft. Again, he tries to get into his office, searches for his keys, but it's locked. Um, they're a hot couple. Uh, Did you talk about the magic trick thing or no? Was this after? Oh, no, that is... Okay, the magic trick is during the Coles meeting. Yeah. With that. What's, the, what's with the magic trick, though? Oh, just know. that. Like, Bruce Willis just shows him, like, this little trick with a penny and yeah. he's talking about magic and, mm-hmm. like... Cole's kind of like it's stupid but then when he's at the party he tries to do it oh yeah he tries to do it yeah yeah (laughs) but the kid was mean to him yeah so they do that the birthday party Cole's invited to his classmate's birthday uh at like this nice old ass mansion in the home um he hears a voice up the spiral stairs uh staircase it's like a weird I don't know it's almost like an attic type situation Mm -hmm. it's like a little room it's tiny and he hears like this you know aggressive voice coming out of he's just staring at it the kids come up uh, his bully and they they lock him in there and he starts freaking out um and then tony takes him out and they go to the doctor they indicate he's fine m night Shyamalan as a cameo insinuates <laughs> he inserts himself yeah, in every movie. insinuates tony hits him essentially like you know it was abusive um i hated those fucking kids so oh much. that was God. so mean even if you don't see dead people it's so mean to lock people it's just oh my god i hate them Ugh. yeah those kids are sickos uh i was digging cole's dress shirt and he had a his, really nice uh, sweater um, attire that was a nice outfit yeah so <laughs> it's weird because like did the ghost lock the door from the inside or something because like you Maybe, can't get out yeah. and then you hear it unlocked after it's done it's weird so the iconic scene cole's in the hospital malcolm comes to visit him uh cole first asks malcolm why he's sad and he tells Cole about what happened with his former patient, Donnie Wahlberg, and what's going on with his wife. And then this is where Cole says, I'm ready to tell you my secret now. I see dead people. <laughs> um, really, this line has so much goddamn like cultural significance. Imagine being the person who uttered this line. And even that. like, What gets overrated is the dialogue after. When Bruce mm-hmm. is like questioning about it, he's like, in your dreams, 
while you're awake. I, I just thought it was really, really well delivered. Uh, and it was underrated just like that after part. Um, anyways. Yeah, uh, this movie, I remembered only certain parts of it. So it was oh. interesting to actually watch it as an adult and not really focus on the scary things. Because obviously when you're a kid and you watch yeah. it, it's pretty scary. But when you're an adult, it doesn't really read that much as a horror, but more of like a dr- drama. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just thought it was just, yeah, like this movie, you kind of forget how like culturally significant mm-hmm. it is and like icon- it's literally one of the most iconic movies of all time that's like, an iconic line that's like yeah i mean that's if people are talking about famous movie quotes that's in i mean like, that's yeah, in there. so many people rat like imagine how many shows and t in and movies mm-hmm. just, like do a meme on that or imagine something. how many times fucking Haley joel osmond in his normal life walking down the streets oh my god it's gotta be some people are probably like i see dead people yeah. <laughs> oh my god all the time um so after that scene malcolm's kind of trying to digest it like what he told him and diagnose Cole. Um, Tony brings Cole home from the hospital and she notices the cuts on his body from like being in the attic and she blames it on, she thinks it's his friends. Um, yeah, this is where I wrote like the puppy's really cute. He has an underrated role. I'm like, is he dead? <laughs> then, uh, and then I, I saw him like Tony interacting with him later. So I'm like, okay, he's not dead. Um, okay. So this, now that we know that Cole sees dead people, now we get to see the dead people. Mm-hmm. So, Cole has like this tent in his room that we find that we we see, and they it's all it's all church artifacts, just like surrounded by like little statues and candles and stuff. Um, he wakes up to the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and a dead woman is in his kitchen. She's basically a woman who we would assume has been beaten by her husband, mm-hmm. and then he runs back into his uh, into his tent. The uh, how does this kid sleep? I know. I was thinking about that too. I'm like, what? How far is the mom's room? Like, I don't know. I just, I just don't even know. Like, if you're seeing dead people all the time, how do you sleep? I know. Ever. Uh, so yeah, he. Uh, oh, then we have like the school play, I think, or something. Is there's, we, a, there's a school play. The school play is at the. This is the first oh, school the play first where play. the that kid is a star. Tommy Tamasino. Yeah, his cough syrup commercial. All right, so. Cole and Malcolm. Um, so after the play, Malcolm's at the play. He's he's walking with Cole. Cole sees three dead hanging people in the hallway. Malcolm can't see it, obviously. And Cole kind of describes the experience, like you know, you know, the hair um, standing on the back of your neck, et cetera, et cetera. Does Cole know that Malcolm's dead at this point? Does he ever know? There's a scene. There's a scene later we'll talk about where I think he might know. I don't think he knows in the beginning. Beginning. I don't know though because all the other dead people have wounds and mm-hmm. Bruce his Willis is very doesn't? hidden. It's yeah. hidden. Yeah. Uh, also, he's just a king, Haley Osmond, Haley Joel Osmond in this fucking movie. Every single scene he delivers. There's not one scene where I'm like, oh, look at this fucking kid acting. He's just good. How did he not blow up? He kind of did though. He's got some other stuff, but he didn't have like huge movies. I think he does a good amount of voice acting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's hard being a child actor. <laughs> <laughs> so Cole and his mom, uh, Tony, uh, eat dinner together. She accuse, accuses Cole of taking the bumblebee pendant from her closet and moving it into like the drawer, like the desk drawer. And she keeps the he keeps denying it and she makes him leave the table. Uh, then Cole sees another dead kid and still won't tell his mom, which... Oh, this is the kid who's like, hey, I'll show you where the gut my dad keeps the gun. His whole fucking back mm-hmm. of his head is blown off. Um, any comments there? No, I mean, no. disturbing, obviously. Okay. I mean, the see, the yeah, the table scene is sad because, like I said, the he just like wants to protect his mom from knowing, I guess. And so mm-hmm. he just won't. I mean, obviously, it's hard to convey that you see dead people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's like, I didn't take it. I'm like, how could you ever even be mean to this kid? I know. He's so cute. So then this is another scene with a great shot. Uh, it's we find out kind of what Anna does. She owns like a jewelry shop, like a vintage jewelry shop. And she's working with this couple and the camera's within the jewelry case. I thought it was so claustrophobic, though. I thought it was cool. It was, it was cool, just, but it, it was, was just the three of the... It was a, a couple, and it's kind of some comic relief in this scene. Uh, and then we see uh, who the man that came over her house the other day is somebody she works that works for her. She gives him a book for his B-Day, and they're sitting together. And then uh, Mel, we, we hear the, bla- the glass break, uh, the window break at the, at the store, and then we see Malcolm walking away, so we kind of assume he did something. So is this after though the scene where Malcolm says he won't he can't help Cole? 
not yet. It's right at oh, this. Okay. That's right after this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Malcolm tells Cole he can't be his doctor anymore because basically after the scene, I think he's like, I need to be with my family and spend time with my family. And then Cole's like, obviously upset and is like, can you reconsider kind of thing? I don't know. Yeah, it was a really good, I mean, just mm. really good acting. Also, like, Bruce Willis's, like, acting was really good, too. Like, mm-hmm. I keep saying just, like, really good. But, yeah. I mean, it was very emotional. Like, because, yeah, Bruce Willis serves as the father figure for mm-hmm. Cole, essentially. So. Yeah. Uh, and then Malcolm goes home. He reviews old tapes from uh, Vincent, played by Daddy Wahlberg, his patient. And what he does is, I guess there's a part where he leaves the office to take a phone call. So he like turns the, he turns the volume all the way up and he can hear like somebody who's dead speaking in Spanish to Vincent. And this is where he like knows. I love this scene. I like the the way that they use like the Mm -hmm. sense, like audio to like. This is where, this is where I think that uh, the scene before this, this is where I think Cole knows that he wants to tell him that he's dead. There's a scene where he says you and he gets cut off and like he decides not to say it. I think mm. they're, I don't know, it's hard to say, but I feel like they're, he had to know at some point, but maybe not. Hmm. All right. So Cole and Malcolm are still spending time together. Malcolm asks Cole about his experiences with ghosts. He tells them and they, and uh, Malcolm suggests like maybe they just need help. Like, you know, maybe you should listen to them when they come see you. Uh, and then we get a brief shot of Malcolm coming home and he sees the guy from the shop leaving his apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So now we get to like the first dead person, I guess. So it's the second one, that he, the first one he helps. So Cole's mom has a nightmare and Cole like puts his hand on her and calms her I down. I like how she has a full dialogue in her sleep. Oh, She's yeah. like, don't hurt him. As if someone's hurting you, Cole. But, I mean, this is how he tells Bruce Willis to communicate with his wife. Yeah. He says, to yeah, talk to her while I sleep because she has no choice to, to hear you. Um, so then a vomiting girl appears in his tent, pretty gross. And then he runs away, but then he decides to come back and, uh, he asks her if she wants to tell him something. She's like, I feel much better now. <laughs> I feel much better. Misha, Misha Barton. Barton. Yep. Yep. Cole and Malcolm. So that scene, Cole and Malcolm are going to the girl's funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes into her room. She, the dead girl appears into the, her, her own room and gives him a box containing a tape which shows that uh, to, her, to her dad, that shows the stepmom, right? Poisoning. Mm-hmm. Poisoning the girl. Sickening. Ugh, um, I love how she, the bitch brings the poison in the room with her. Wouldn't you stir it up in the kitchen? Yeah, stir it Not up in the that, kitchen. I mean, you wouldn't, otherwise there would be no way this the puppets See, the puppets and marionettes that Misha Barton has... When they're still in non-action, when he's in the room at mm-hmm. first, very creepy. But when she's doing a little puppet really play, cute. I thought it was she's cute. Like, if yeah. you don't like my dancing, just kick me or something yeah. like that. And I don't know. I thought it was it was a cute scene. I liked the dad in this when they just showed his face reacting to the uh, tape. Yeah, like they, they would cut to the tape and then cut to his face, and it was just like slowly he was getting more upset and crying, and then he basically just like. Someone at the funeral mentioned, oh, the second, the younger yeah. one's getting yep. sick, too. Yeah, so the stepmom is basically poisoning the second kid, too. Sickening. Um, so after that, you know, we kind of get, okay, he helped the first person. And then he kind of starts making friends with the dead people. So he's getting ready for the King Arthur play. And he's talking to a girl with, like, a woman, like, probably I think it was, like, a burn survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she was, like, helping him get ready for the play or whatever, which I thought was pretty cute. And then Stuttering Stanley walks in, the teacher, and he gives him the part for the play. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really understand. Like, did he ever apologize to Stuttering Stanley? I don't know. I mean, you could just infer that maybe things are just getting better. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, and I just, this is where I kind of wrote that these movies seem like movies and like even video games, they always seem so much grander when you're a kid. Like, more, like I just thought this movie had more in it. Not that it was a bad thing, but like when we're playing Kingdom Hearts, you think Kingdom Hearts is like so fucking long, and then you play it again, you're like, oh, this is actually a pretty short game. Maybe. In terms of like the storyline. Anyways, um, and then this is where Malcolm has to bring an end to their relationship because like he's cured him essentially. Mm-hmm. Or it helped him. Well, I'm also just like, so he literally just has to help every fucking dead person free of like all the yeah. time. He just has to help him. Mm-hmm. I guess <laughs> it's so. It's got to be exhausting. Yeah. Uh, so then Cole and, uh, Lynn, his mom, they're stuck in a traffic, stuck in traffic from a car accident. Uh, Cole tells his mom that someone got hurt in the accident and all, basically all the details about it. She's dead. Uh, and then we see the dead biker, uh, in the window, the car window. Um, then he tells her 
that grandma, her mother comes to visit him often, tells a story about when she was little, that she had this dance recital Mm -hmm. and they had a fight before the dance recital. And, uh, her mom thought that, uh, her mom never, uh, saw it. The grandma never saw it, but she did. And basically showing that proving to the mom that he does see See dead dead people because she kept moving the pendant. Yeah. Yeah. She did. She was the one who kept moving the bumblebee pendant. Heart-wrenching scene between young Cole and Tony. Yeah, that was a really good scene. Mm-hmm. And just, it's nice to know that he can see his grandma. Yeah. <laughs> At least he gets some people who are actually nice. Yeah, that's true. That he gets he like good people, but. Yeah. All right. So the final reveal. Um, Malcolm comes home. Anna's asleep. Uh, she fell asleep watching their wedding tape. She's talking in her sleep. She drops his wedding ring on the floor, and he realizes he's dead. Yeah. Because he's not in his finger. This is the scene where he, and then we, we cut to the end of the first initial scene where he gets shot and mm-hmm. it basically shows that he died. Imagine being in the fucking theater when this was revealed. Cause I, I guarantee you there's people who had no idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, apparently no one did because this is how M. Night Shyamalan the Shyamalanian twist. Shyamalanian twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved the flashback. I loved Malcolm's face and like his realization I thought was really good. Um, the the one thing when they like were gonna when they went back to finish the scene when he gets shot it's like maybe put some pressure on the wound Anna like do something always blaming just a the little wife. just a little bit I mean she's just like oh, oh, oh. Um, I'd like to see you help a a gunshot victim in the heat I probably moment. yeah I don't want to put pressure on it uh, and then I how did Bruce never notice his wet blood spot on his shirt can he feel the wet I blood? I don't think he's aware. Yeah. He's not aware throughout the movie. Oh, yeah, because that Cole does say that the people who come to visit him don't know they're dead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then that's it. Like, that's the end of the movie. Pretty that's good. It. Pretty fucking good. Uh, so, I brought up M. Night Shyamalan's uh, filmography so we can kind of talk about him as, an, him as a director. All right. So, he had this movie called Praying with Anger in 92, Wide Awake 90, 98, then Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, both very good signs. So, three good movies. Like, Renowned, like pretty much renowned as good movies, right in a row. Then you would have The Village in 2004, which you think Listen, is good. Listen, I'm re- I'm gonna rewatch that movie so- soon. I think that it has an interesting, terrible idea. There's an you have. When's the last time you saw it? It's been a while, but it's not that good. You're so convinced that things are terrible. You haven't even. I'll watch seen it, it again. It's kind of an adult concept. I don't think you could think it was good when you were a kid. Uh, Lady in the Water, which is fucking terrible alec if you're listening we watched What's this many one? times shut up and try uh, yeah that yeah that's from, yeah is there's paul a guy giamatti in there? yeah paul giamatti's in it random there's a random dude in, the, <laughs> in this apartment complex that they live in that for some reason has decided to experiment and only work out half his body so he is really jacked on one side and just like frail on the other why that's in there i don't know uh the happening i haven't seen that but i think you have the happening. I swear I have the corresponding Rotten Tomato scores. Lady in the Water, twenty five percent. The Happening, eighteen percent. Zoe Deschanel, Mark oh. Wahlberg. Hmm. I saw that a long time ago, but I don't think it was that. Great. The Last Airbender, uh, renowned as that? one of the worst movies oh. of all time, five percent. After Earth, I haven't seen eleven percent. Uh, the Visit, never seen sixty eight percent. Split. Oh, I heard The Visit was good. Yeah, I think it, a I mean, decent movie. As far as uh, that, Split, seventy seven percent. Glass. 37% and then old which hasn't Ugh, come out which yet. Is gonna, which looks pretty bad. Yeah. So I mean it's a mixed bag with him. Uh, I mean his run from 99 to 2002 pretty fucking good. Uh, and then I guess if you could argue, argue the, the village. But uh, I mean this movie is uh, pretty fucking good. He was 29 when he was working this, on this. Yeah. Or writing it. Yeah. I mean I think that like it's easy to meme on M. Night Shyamalan but like, I also don't think if you're an, if you're someone creative and if you're an artist or whatever, and you see something that works, I can understand why you try to replicate it. Like, mm-hmm. I think like the mistake he's making, honestly, is going too far into horror and less focus. Like the reason why The Sixth Sense is a good movie is because it's like a drama at the heart of it, and it's about like communication and like familial trauma and grief. It's not really necessarily about. It's really not as scary as you know like a traditional horror film um no i mean and then the the later movies like i said i think he has a problem he one of the things he does that's problematic is he conflates mental illness with like horror or like superpowers like he needs to like do a better job of separating those things or like pick one or the other 
I don't think he's really qualified to be like, especially split. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen it, so <laughs> such a fucking ridiculous movie. It got good. It got uh, some decent. It's like a decent Anya Taylor Joy. I mean, it's got decent acting and things, and like, there's some parts of it that are good, and it is definitely like a thriller, but. He knows how to make money, though. Fucking uh, Sixth Sense had a budget of $40 million and made $673 million. Uh, Split had a budget of $9 million and made two hundred eighty. million. He does... I mean, there's some movies here that he made some good fucking return on. Lady in the Water, $70 million, $73 million in the box office. I saw that one of the trivia things said the movie... The Sixth Sense was rented by 80 million people in 2000, making it the year's top-rated VHS and DVD title. Wow. Yeah, great movie. I don't know. What's your score? I gave it 8.1. I gave it 8.5. I think this movie's fucking really good. Like, yeah, I'm also trying to think about like what... what. It's interesting. I think he's kind of... Re- I think he's mentioned this, but he does reference... Like there are certain things that are referential to like The Shining, mm-hmm. which I feel like you need to watch. That. That's such a good movie. I haven't movie. seen it. Uh, I mean, there's nothing I can say that's really bad about this movie. I kind of just wanted more scenes of Cole helping dead people. Me too. Like, <laughs> I think when I was growing up, I thought that there was more yeah. of that. But there was really only like, like An hour halfway. into the movie till he actually starts helping the yeah. dead people. Yeah, I would use like a look one more. I think one more good story of him helping dead, dead people would have been good. But like as far as acting goes, the movie itself, the dialogue, the there's nothing I can say that's bad about this movie. The, there's a fact that I was reading from this article. Willis spent nights as a DJ for parties with the adult members of the cast, and he gave Knight his first ever hangover. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bruce Willis back in the day. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely an excellent movie. Like, especially as I got older, I started to really get into like the horror genre and the thriller genre. So it's cool to like see this. I mean, obviously, there's a ton, tons of other thrillers that were made throughout history, but. I don't know. It's one of the first probably scary movies I ever saw. And like the Misha Barton throwing up was literally yeah. imprinted in my mind. As that a was kid. creepy, especially like when he's in his tent and the clip she, things yeah. start to come undone. That was scary. But it was, and also like the first instance of like seeing really a representation of a, of a parent hurting, purposefully hurting their child. <laughs> like I was always like, oh my God, oh, she's yeah. poisoning her kid. Like that's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, really good. Uh, glad I, glad we watched that this week. Uh, that's that's it for the episode. I don't know what we're gonna do next week. We'll figure it out. I have some ideas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, remember to subscribe and review and review us and follow us on social media, etc. And we will see you next week. Bye.